I want to read you a little piece of a scripture. Uh, it really ties in even to last week, and I'll share why. But it ties into the resurrection. And, and I told you last week, the, the, the apostles and the early church, that they, they preached a lot different than I feel like that we do in our day. Is we, we take subjects, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we take subjects and ideas, and we really stick to them. And I think that's good, of course, for some of us like me, we would get so long-winded if we did not uh, you know, stick to something pretty close. It would be it would be so elongated that people would be falling from the upstairs out of the roofs, off the out of the windows, and dying, and have to go out and raise them up. Come on, see it was long. They had long-winded stuff in the New Testament too. Just so y'all know, it wasn't. They didn't have it jam-packed into a twenty-five minute. And I'm not trying to justify what I'm going to preach two hours this morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just was sharing with you, though, but they didn't stick with just subjects and thoughts. They preached the resurrection. Every, every seems like every message you read, they were preaching the resurrection or at least going to it or tying back to it or ended with it. And, uh, and I think that's so powerful and maybe something that, that we've lost a little bit of in, in this age. But I want to read you this little piece of story out of, out of Mark 16. Mark 16, and uh, we'll share this story together. It's about 14 verses, and then I'm going to ask Brother Angle to pray over it, and then we'll share a little time together on it. But I, I, there's really just two things out of this that I want us to see this morning, but it's a, it's a, a beautiful story. The Bible says this. It's talking about really last Sunday. This is what really went on last Sunday. And when the Sabbath day was passed, Mary Magdalene and, and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint Jesus because he was, has just been buried. And very early, right prior to his resurrection, right at his resurrection, and very early in the morning, I assume that's still dark. Not early in the morning, it's still plenty dark. Amen. It's not, once it gets daylight, I think it's late. I do. I just feel like it's late. It's late. But very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. It's just starting to, here it comes. Verse 3, and they said among themselves, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher, the grave? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, and it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in long white garment, and they were affrightened. And he saith unto them, Be not affrightened. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified, and is risen, he is not here. Behold, the place where they laid him. Look, here's where he used to be. But go your way, tell his disciples, and Peter, like he wasn't anymore. And Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall you see him. As he said unto you, remember all he's told you. Remember everything he's ever spoke to you. Remember everything he's put before you in your life. It's not dead. Everything he's, so remember it right now. Past dreams, past visions, things he put in your heart is dear. Remember it right now. It's not dead. It's not dead. It's not dead. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, 
for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast the seven devils. And she went and told them, the disciples, that he, that, that he, that them that had been with him, and they mourned and wept, as they mourned and wept. And they went, and, they, and I can't even read this one. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, they believed it not. After that, he appeared into another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. And finally, verse 14. And afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. He upbraided or rebuked or corrected them with their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Brother Angle, would you ask the Lord to bless our time this morning? Yes, sir. God Almighty, accept our thanks this morning for the resurrection. We realize if there be no resurrection, we're yet in our sins. God, we're not in our sins because we believe in the resurrection. It's a part of our daily walk. It's a part of our utterance every time we open our mouth we give witness to the fact that you're alive hallelujah god let yourself come alive in the hearts of every person that's beating right here this morning every heart that's beating every time it pumps that precious blood of jesus let us say we're thankful to be here and we're thankful god that you went through with it. In Jesus' name, accept our thanks, receive our devotion, and give the pastor unction this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, go on, lift him up this morning. Lift up the Lord this morning. Praise his name. Honor him. Thank you, Brother Angle. Thank the Lord this morning. Amen. And amen. 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 I want to talk to you on this thought this morning about the next thing. The next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Won't you just kind of get that in your head this morning because that's really what this whole message is about. That's what it's all about really is the next thing, next thing. I got to thinking, you know, last Sunday we had such a, uh, back on Monday or Tuesday I was, you know, really starting to think more towards today. And I got to thinking, you know, we had such a great resurrection service, such a great resurrection day. And, and, and this is really, this is where this thought come in my mind because I, I look how I just look to the Lord because uh, I really, after such a, such a spiritual high, a lot of times there's this, there's this void or this vacuum. Uh, there's, this, there's this like, what's next? Like, where do you go next? And matter of fact, I've even learned if you, if you don't really settle that pretty quick, if you don't get on to that and, and, and find God in that pretty quick, that great spiritual highs, a lot of times there's a, great, there's a great danger of going through some great low or some great disheartenment or some discouragement. I mean, the scriptures is full of times like that. You know, there's one that's probably more popular than any was Elijah uh, after, he, after he had been on the mount and, and, and he, had, he had defeated uh, Baal's prophets and, and they couldn't call down their fire. They couldn't call, but, but he, he called down fire. 
you know, had great victory there. And then at the turn of just a, a, a just a, a, a moment, he's he's in this in this wilderness by himself, far deep into a into a cave, uh, suffering what was a great high, now is a great disheartened and discouraged and downcast, dejected. So so I really see I really seen the value. I've seen the value off of coming off of, of something. That, that it was of a great spiritual significance. Some of you in here, even yet this morning, that, that experienced some great work of God last week, a, a great a, a coming back or a rededication or, or several got saved, uh, various works of God, or, or, just, or just a good spiritual moment, experience with God. That, that's what I had. I, uh, I had just a great experience with God in this place last week. And, and I, I learned, I learned, man, man, I got what's next? What's next? And there's such a strategic value in what's next. And this is what the Lord put on my heart. The Lord put on my heart, well, what's next after such a powerful resurrection day? What was next for Jesus? That's just what come in my heart. And what, what, what did he do next? I mean, he, he's the one that experienced it. He's the one that had this great resurrection moment. He's the one that got out of the grave. I would tell you, if that wasn't a moment, I don't know about any of y'all, but, but uh, you know, for whatever reason, ever how it would have been me, I'd have been like, dang. Ta-da. You know, I'm here again, you know. And, and, and I, there again, it would have been a great spiritual high. But if it's not something next, there's not a lot of value in that. I, really, I remember that back even when the Lord healed my body 20-some year ago of, of a very deadly cancer. I remember that because right after my healing, I got this big empty place in my soul, in my being, and I realized, well, if they ain't something next, what was the purpose in it? Why even live? I realized that, that there was such a, such a thing that there should be something next. And, of course, it was there at my mailbox where I found out what was next. As the Lord called me to do what I'm yet doing today, to which I pulled a Sarah and giggled. It took me days to tell my wife, for I didn't want her to giggle. I thought if I giggled, she's going to get a hoot out of this. Y'all just would have had to know us back then. You just had to know me. Man, you... You see this refined product. <laughs> Ain't that a hoot? <laughs> but back then, it was so much rougher. <laughs> was it really? Oh, absolutely. 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 I know it's not. don't seem refined, but believe me, it's much more refined. Now, I didn't say I was refined as most. For me, I am refined. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Some of you from the old days know these things. You know what I'm speaking with. So, so what's next? And, and, and so I looked, as the Lord no doubt put it in my heart, I, I looked to him. I looked to Christ. And, and as he came from the grave, when he began to move, there's one dominant thing. Now, he did several things. He moved around in several ways. You could preach several messages off of various things that were said and done in the days that before his ascension. How many know he arose? He ascended. Pentecost came. Ta-da. Church. 
Amen. That's that was the way it was. But they was they there was this time in between resurrection and uh, ascension and Pentecost that, that he was he was busy, really busy about some things, really making certain points and and doing certain things that were very strategic. That he wasn't just he wasn't just because Jesus never was just just hitting and missing or or whatever. No, no, he was very strategic in everything he did. And one of the, one of the common things that, that I study out, ever, ever, I've seen in every story, after he arose, after he arose, every story has kind of this common denominator in it. Every story, no matter, no matter if it was this one, or no matter if it was when they was up by the seashore of Tiberias, and he's wanting to fix some fish, or he's walking through locked doors and rooms, and entering in and hollering, peace, and and or whether whether he joins the the, the pair that's going from to Emmaus, there was something common. And the other stories too. There's something common you'll find in every story. What he was doing, and here's what he was doing. What he was doing between resurrection and ascension was he was encouraging. He was just encouraging everything he did in this story. Even he's in, he he's 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 in full encouragement mode. He's strengthening. If you want to understand what encouragement means, he's strengthening. He's giving courage for what's coming because there's something next. There's something next. Jesus knows there's something next. I mean, this is a great, this is a great thing to celebrate the resurrection and all that. It's great to have great music, but, but Jesus knows there's something next. And he spends this, these 50 days before Pentecost, he spends it encouraging. And strengthening and building up. Everyone that he comes in contact with so, so, so that there is, there is this next thing. That's what Christ did next. Christ journeyed. He interacted. He come in contact for 50 days. That was his next thing. He did that, but he did it not just that was his next thing, but for our next thing. For those that were there, their next thing. What their next? I just want to tell you something this morning. You got to realize this: we're built, every one of us. We're built for the next thing. Every one of us. I don't care who you are in here. You might have got saved last week, but I'm just going to tell you something. That's a great hallelujah. That's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you something. You're built for the next thing now. The next thing. You're in here. You might have been saved for years and years and years. You're still built for the next thing. There's, there's a next thing. All of us, we're built that way. No matter, no matter what we attain, no matter how high we reach, no matter the spiritual heights, the victories, there's a next thing. And, and when we don't, we don't realize that, when we don't see that, when we don't live our life, listen, if we don't live our life like there is the next thing, like we're really built for that, discouragement, the very thing that he came to war against comes. Discouragement comes quick when we just settle in. You want to see someone who, who, who's just full of the zeal the Lord just got saved, full of that first love, full of that doing this, doing that? Well, when they settle in and quit reaching for the next thing, old Christian sitting out there, when you settle in and quit doing what's for the next thing, reaching and pressing and pushing for the next thing, it ain't long until you are discouraged because you're built. You're made for what's next. For what's next. Even 
on top of something that was so huge and so big and so, so mighty as the resurrection. There was something next, and we should always be reaching for that. I want to ask you something this morning. I want to ask you this question. Are you encouraged in this place for the next thing? You ain't got to answer. You ain't got to be religious right now. You ain't got to act like you are. I just want you to answer that in your heart. Are you encouraged this morning? I'm just going to go on and fess up and tell you where I'm going this morning. I don't want to be no, no secrets, no shocks. I, I, we're going to have an altar call here at the end of this service for discouraged people who's not ready for the next thing. That's what I'm up to. That's what I'm up to. That's what the Lord sent me here for. So let me ask you one more time. Are you encouraged this morning? Are you encouraged this morning for the next thing? For the next thing. Here's what I've learned about that. It's hard. It's trying to stay encouraged. It is. That's not as easy as it sounds. It's sometimes it's very difficult to stay encouraged. To stay encouraged even for whatever's next. For what's coming over the next time. You know what? You know what? I just want to tell you something too. In case you're here and you're feeling pretty encouraged, I just want to let you in on this. I've never met anyone who's too encouraged. Ever. I've run into some souped up people. I have, but I've never heard, I've never, as a pastor anyway, as a pastor, I've never said, now you're just going to have to calm some of that encouragement down. You're just way too strong for what's going on here. I have spent my entire, entire pastoral career trying to strengthen, trying to encourage people. I've never run into a soul, ever. That was too encouraged. I'd like for us to leave this place this morning and go right straight to wherever we're going to our place of eating or whatever. And people say, you're just too encouraged. <laughs> amen. 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 But it's the truth. But rather, 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 you know, I understand who I are. We're here today. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Having that little bit of laugh, and we'll get back to something serious here. I guarantee you, there are people here today that are disheartened, dejected, discouraged, disappointed, whatever whatever that word is that fits your soul. But you feel that in some way, some shape. And here's what you're really doing here. You're really doubting. You're doubting. Your future. That's, that's really the heart of discouragement. You're doubting your future. You are. Maybe it's not so much even today, but your future. You're doubting, you're doubting the, the future of what the future holds, what, what you can be, what's going to be a part of you. You're, you're doubting what's your, what you're doubting. You're doubting what's next. What's even next? If you're here like that this morning, and I'm not being hard on you, because I've been there. Is there anybody in here that has not been there? Discouraged. Dejected. Doubting what's next. 
doubting what's next for me. I, I've, been, I've been in church a long time. I've heard people doubt what's next for the church thousands of times. You want to know why people do that? They're discouraged. Well, Jesus, Jesus give us all kind of positive, affirmative language on the church is going to be okay. It is. The problem is we need to find encouragement for what's next for us. Been a lot of naysayers come and go through the centuries about the church. The church, the church. But the church will stay encouraged. Because Jesus said, hell will not even prevail. It's us. And it's us. It was them that he was trying to encourage. It was them that he walked through these stories. And it was them that he interacted with the moment he arose. Think about that. From the moment he arose till, the, till, that, till that last glimpse. And them angels standing there saying, this same Jesus, as you've seen him go away, he's still encouraging y'all. He said, this same Jesus that you've seen go away, he shall come again in like manner. Encouraging. Encouraging us, encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. And here's what I know, though. Here's what I know. In this place this morning, because we've all been there, there is dejection. There is doubt. There is, there is this discouragement. And here's, here's the bad thing about that. Here's the bad thing about that. Here's what I've learned about that in my own life. And this is where I learned it. I didn't learn it from your life. I learned it from my life. That when I am in that state, that's a sure sign. That Satan's winning, not God, in my life over whatever's going on. It's a sure sign. And when I get when I get discouraged for what's next, what God wants to be next, what God has said is next, and I'm discouraged or disheartened or dejected about it to the manner, to the manner. In the manner that, 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 that it shut me down, it took me out of the game. That's how I know. Man, the enemy's winning here. Not God. It's a sure sign. It's a sure sign this morning. Amen. Amen. And, and we get into that, we get into that, that, that discouraged language. Discouragement language where, where we say things, and there's a thousand terms, but we say things like, I'm no good. I'm no good. I'm not good enough. I'm a mess. No way I could ever. I can't make a difference. I'll just mess it up. What's the point? On and on and on. And this word always ends. And see, this is the goal. This is the goal of discouragement or the enemy. This word always ends. I might as well give up. 
Discouragement's goal is for you to quit. It's for you to quit. That's what discouragement's after this morning. That's what the enemy's after. That's what the whole thing is about. Want you to quit. The goal of discouragement is for you to quit. Now, in this story this morning, I, I ain't got a lot of time left, but I don't need a lot of time. But in this story this morning, I, I want us to look. I want us to look at a couple things out of this this, this morning. As, as Christ, as he come from the grave and he began the process of uh, of of encouraging and instilling in them the strength for what's next and there's really just two things that I really want to bring out of it I told you that in the beginning but but and and that's really it I, I want us to go back to first to chapter to verse one and verse two and three go back there Tara just for a minute and I want to reread that just for a minute again and I want to see because because they were all discouraged Every one of them, right, because they all misunderstood the resurrection. They all misunderstood kind of what was going on. Now, some of them took it to a further degree. Some of them took it beyond. Some, some, of, them, some of them hung around the whole day, hung around even to the burial, was coming back that morning. Some, some had cursed and denied. Some had run, all had run off and forsook. There was a discouragement. There was a discouragement that 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 hovered. There was the dark creep. That's the only way I, I thought about that the other day. You know what? You, you can feel the dark creep of it sometimes, can't you? You can just feel the dark creep of discouragement coming upon you. And I see it. I see it upon these disciples and these people. I can see it as as the resurrection, as the the, the crucifixion began to take place. I can just feel the dark creep of discouragement because you know you know what I'm talking about. You've been there when hopes were up here, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, things and circumstances. Circumstances start playing in the, into your life, and, and it starts bringing every. And there's just like this dark creep, darkness just starts coming over and over and over upon us. It's settling in, discouragement. Well, they were all left in this darkness, but the ladies. It was a few ladies, although I I know they were discouraged because they mourned, they wept. They wasn't preparing to celebrate. Easter service. Oh no, they had spices. They had. They were. They were going for a funeral. I don't know about you, but I've never been excited at a funeral other than one that Jesus was at and was going to change it anyway. They they were going discouraged. Their Savior, their Lord, their hopes, their dreams. And so there they go. It's it's probably dark thirty, and they're carrying their stuff. On that morning, to anoint him for the funeral, for the burial, for the long haul, like he ain't coming out. He ain't coming out. This is this is till eternity. We're gonna do this. This this is for the eternity. He ain't coming out. So so don't think that they were above where some of these others that we're gonna talk about in a minute were, but 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 they were in a different mode. They were on a different strategic plan, and here's what I mean by that. And it, this is, and this is, this is this kind of this the foundation. By the way, uh, this is the foundation for a series over the next fifty days. Fifty days of encouragement. Amen. That's what it's all about. I wanted to call it this, but I didn't because I, I was afraid somebody would think I saw this movie, and I did not. I don't see any movies because I can't stay awake long enough to see them. You don't have to worry about me seeing anything bad on movies. You don't, you don't. Because even if it's a good, wholesome, 
holier-than-thou movie. I'm like, yes, Cindy, we'll watch that. <laughs> and right as, right, as, right as she rustles some stuff around at bedtime, and I said, oh, was I asleep? <laughs> and all the, all the people like me said, if you want me to watch a movie, you better get up at 4 a.m. to watch it with me. And if I'm up at 4 a.m., I ain't watching no movie. I'm talking to Jesus and reading his word. Amen. 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 So I want you to see this story in a little different light. But these, these ladies, they, they, when the Sabbath had come, Mary, Mary, the mother, James of Salome, all of it, they brought them these spices. Verse 2, verse 2, very early in the morning, first day of the week, they came at the rise of the Now here it comes, verse 3. I want you to get this. And they said to themselves, now, they're discouraged, and they're going to do this work. They're going to do this work. I, here's what I, I, I didn't ever get to tell you the, the, the heart of the movie story, did I? Anyway, uh, I wanted to call it Fifty Shades of Encouragement. <laughs> See, but that's why I didn't, because I said, somebody will think I watched that movie. And let me just tell you, let me just tell you, without a doubt, without a doubt, me nor my wife, have ever seen that movie? I have no idea. I just thought it was a spicy title. <laughs> oh, some of you will catch some of that later. But that's it. And this is just one shade. I said all that to bring this out. This is just one shade. Jesus in all these stories brings encouragement in so many shades. You don't all get it the same. Some, some like these ladies, were seeking to fulfill duty that morning. That, that's what they were about. They, they were fulfilling respect, duty, love, what, they, what should be done. This is what should have been done. And they were carrying forth. And here's what I want to say about that. When, when you operate, like let me say, let me give you good encouragement this morning. If you're discouraged in here, you stay at what should be done. You stay at it. You stay, you stay loving and passionately devoted to what, what is good and wholesome. What, what God has put in your heart, you stay at that. Because it's in that you're going to find encouragement. That's what happened to these ladies. Listen, here's what, they are discouraged, and here, here's one of their problems. Here's one of their problems. They said, who, who's going to roll this stone? You know, one of the places, one of the places that discouragement comes, I'm going to be right up front with you. You know, one of the places that it comes is when life gets too heavy. Life. This heavy, this huge stuff. Life gets too heavy. Some of you sitting out there. You answered the question a while ago that, yes, I'm discouraged in your heart. Well, a lot, of, a lot of times it's just because life has gotten so heavy. And it may not be just one thing. It may be several or many. But you're discouraged because life has gotten heavy. And you really, you really don't even know. But here's the awesome thing about this story. Here's ladies. Life has gotten really heavy. Here's these little dainty ladies. Who's going to roll this stone out of the way? They had no clue. Had no help. But you know what? They were so 
passionate about being devoted to what should be done. When life gets heavy, you need to still be passionate and about what needs to be done for Christ. This morning, like worship, like worship this morning. Let's just take that for instance. No matter what, if you're discouraged, if you'll just be passionate about your duty to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords or to come to church or to study your Bible or to pray or to seek Him, if you'll just be passionately dutiful, I know that's a dirty word in our culture, but it's true. Even, in other words, what, what they began to do here, what they began to do, they, they didn't really worry about the stone much. They talked about it. They talked about it, just like we talk about our problems. You know, a lot of times we talk about our problems. Don't change them, does it? We talk about them. But here's what they did. This is how they began to overcome discouragement. They, they shifted the weight because life's too heavy. Listen, this will help you. Life's too heavy. And a lot of times you're discouraged because of the weight of life. So they shifted the weight. Here's what they did. This is an awesome thing. Here's what they did. They did what they could do. And you know what else? You know what happened in this story? They shifted all the weight of what they couldn't do over on trusting God. That's what happened in this story. I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're going to just be about what we're supposed to do. And, and whatever happens, it happens. But life got a lot lighter right there. When they quit worrying about the stone and just got passionate about going and doing what we must do and trusted God. Just trusted God. Just trusted God. Just trusted Him for the heavy stuff. This morning, that might help somebody in this place. The things you can't do anything about. Shift the weight. You quit trying to carry it. You, you quit trying to carry that load. Shift the weight this morning. Shift the load. Yeah, you do what you can do. You do what you're responsible for. You do what you can do. That's the way I live my life now. I do what I can do. Some, somebody, somebody asked me here not long ago, you preach, you preach, you preach, you preach, and, and maybe this will get saved, or maybe that, or sometimes nobody gets saved. I said, I'm not responsible. That's too much for me. That's way too much for me. I do what I can do. I do all I can do. I preach as hard as I can. I preach my guts out. I use every bit of knowledge and wisdom. And I use everything. I pull together resources. I do every. I honestly do. Whether it looks like it or not, I do everything I can do to preach the, the God's message, what He wants to preach. But let me just tell you something. The weight of the fruit of that is up to Him. If He wants to roll a stone back, well, He'll have to roll a stone back. Because I can't roll a stone back. I can't remove nothing from your heart. I can't do a thing in your heart. I just got to preach with all the passion and the love that I have. And then I got to get out of the way and say, God, the rest of it's yours. Hey, I can't do anything else. Nothing else. That's what these ladies were doing. We don't know who's going to roll it back, but we're going. I don't know what's going to happen in this service, but I'm preaching. I don't know what's going to happen at the altar call, but we're going to have one. Hey! Because we're passionate about it. I don't know what's going to happen in this prayer. I don't know what's going to happen when I study the Bible. I don't know what's going to happen if I give my life to God. It's too heavy for you. 
Do what you can. Shift the weight this morning. You want to you be ready for what's next? Shift the weight. Get in your heart right now. I'm going to do what I can do. And the things that I thought of my control, how many mamas and daddies I got in here is ready to pray that? <laughs> you ever had kids, you've prayed that, but you've already shifted some weight because your kids, the load of your kids and their souls and their salvation got so heavy on you. You did all you could do. Oh, you plugged it, you hugged it, you nursed it, you taught it, you done everything you could do, but, but in the end, you just had to shift the weight. Trust God. Trust God. That's what some of you are doing in here right now. You just got to trust God. You just got to trust God. You've did all you can do. Come on, somebody, I want to tell somebody right now, you've did all you can do. Now just trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Even if, trust God. Even if you get there, even if you get there and the stone's not rolled away, you still got to trust God. There's no need you running up there trying to move the stone. You still got to trust God. That's it. To be ready for what's next. The awesome thing in this story was the second little group of people that was in this. And, of course, it was the disciples. It was them that had gathered. Go to verse 7 for me, Kayla. Verse 7. Verse 7. Matthew, Mark 16, 7. He says, but remember when they, they went in, he said this, but go your way, tell the disciples. That's the other group. I've had to hurry up because I'm running out of time. But go tell the disciples and Peter and Peter. Go tell all them. Go, go share. What, what, what's it? Encouragement. Then tell them. Tell them I, I'm, a, I'm a, I've arisen. I'm up. Encourage them. The disciples were discouraged. He'd watched them run off. He'd prophesied Peter's. And the, the rooster verified it. The rooster, the rooster made it so. And he knows Peter. The 11, yeah, they're discouraged. The 11 are discouraged, but this one, or this, this one named Peter. Jesus, Jesus is wanting to let him know that there's something next. There's something next. You go tell them. And he singles out Peter for a reason because Peter had went a little deeper than even the rest of them because of what had went on that day. Because of his denial. He, the others were in discouragement, but, but, but Peter had went beyond discouragement. How many know that discouragement has got levels? Discouragement, discouragement will grow. If you've ever been there, you know I'm, when I'm going to say this, you're going you're gonna to go like, oh, yeah. But discouragement will grow. And I feel like although it don't come out in this story, I just know people, I know situations, I know Peter was here. because, And that's why Jesus put extra time to bring out Peter. Because when discouragement grows, it goes into, it grows in and goes into self-pity. Every time. When, when discouragement is left alone, when you don't find encouragement, Self-pity sets in. That's where Peter was. No, 
you, you, you're still not totally, you're not lost now. Come on, you're, you're not gone, but you're in self-pity. You're deeper. You're further. You're further than any, even the rest. And Jesus takes time. He takes time to make sure, to make sure, to, to, to engage Peter in a certain way. Because really self-pity is just discouragement on steroids. It is. It's hyped up. It's another level. It, it goes into a whole, it's, remember, it's, it's, it's when discouragement would whisper, you're no good. Well, well, when it grows into self-pity, it's chiseled in stone. You're no good. That's what, self, that's what we take up. I, I'm a mess, or I'll never be no good, or I'll never be able to. I'll never make it. This is the way it'll always be. There's no way out. I guarantee you, Peter's sitting there thinking, there's no way out. No way for where I'm at. It's the ultimate. And it's, it's self-pity. It's just discouragement that's went way further, way beyond. And it's super dangerous. Super, because it, it deadens us spiritually. It drains us of hope. It smothers what love we have. It kills our joy. Robs you of your desire to serve. Does all these things. Even goes then into some negative, makes you angry. Makes you a slanderer, a gossiper. Self-pity does all that, all of that. It goes all of that. It leaves you bitter, bitter. But here's the thing. Jesus takes time. Because there's nothing chiseled in stone in here this morning. There's nothing chiseled in stone. If you'll hear the encouragement of Christ, if you'll hear Him this morning, if you'll understand that He's got something next for you, there is something next for you. There's something beyond. There's something more. There is something next. But it'll not come unless you're encouraged. Well, what's next? You're encouraged that God, that's what Jesus was doing to Peter. He was like, you can trust me. You can be encouraged. I love you. You love me. This is not the way it's going to end. This is not how it's going to end out. I got more work for you than you even know. I got more of a plan for you than you even have an idea i got bigger ideas for you than you ever know. You think you're not going anywhere or you can't, but I've got yet more. There's yet more. There's more for you than this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is so strategic. Listen, he separates, he separates people from the problem. Now, he didn't say there wasn't a problem, but he separates, and he encourages the person. And I've come, there might be problems 
that has caused your discouragement. But I've not come to talk to your problem. I've come to talk to people this morning and tell you to be encouraged in your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who arose from the grave and has got something next for you. Hey! Something next. I don't even want to talk about your problem. I hate that when I try to encourage someone and they want to tell me their problem. That's fine. I'll talk about your problem. But Jesus wants you encouraged for what's next. And then you can give him glory for the problem that's gone. For the problem that is no more. For the problem that's been wiped away. For the problem that's been forgiven and cleansed. Woo! Come on, sing me something. Come on, sing me something. I've been too long. I've been too long. It's what Jesus is after this morning. Encouragement for you. He's trying to encourage the person without ever really pointing out what the issue was. Jesus never did say, did you hear that rooster, Peter? You ever hear Jesus point out the rooster? He prophesied the rooster, but he never went back and pointed it out again. Hey, that ought to tell us something. He never had to go back and say, did you hear that rooster? Some of you need to quit telling your people about the rooster. And start telling them that Jesus has got something next for them. Look at faces in here. He's got something next. I know, yeah, I know some of you's got rooster problems. I ain't worried about your stinking rooster. We'll eat him later. <laughs> right now, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that Jesus got something next for you. It's what's next. It's what's next. What's next? What's next? What's next? Get it in your heart right now. You know what's next for you. You know where you're at. You know where you, know where you and God have stopped at or what's waylaid you or what's derailed you. Or maybe something even I'm not bringing out. But I want to encourage you. something next as powerful as yesterday was as powerful as last week was there's something next something next and this morning in spite of where our walk is this morning because there's a variation in here there's variations of walks in here with God this morning in spite of that I want to give an open altar call this morning discouraged discouraged people that's got the heart of this message this morning and hearing Jesus say there's still something next Woo! I'm down I come in here down but I've got wind that there's something next I got a hope that there's something eat on my I got a hope there's something next I'm discouraged I'm dejected I'm disheartened but I've got I've got wind of this gospel message this morning 
Jesus went around after his resurrection preaching. There's something next. There's something next. There's something next. Won't you be brave this morning? Won't you come like the ladies with the spices? Not knowing how this will be removed. Not knowing how this shall be. Not knowing how all this works. I got saved not knowing how in the world I'd stay saved. Well, he rolled the stone away. For up to this point, I've not drank again. Up to this point, I've not smoked another joint. Up to this point, I've not done any hits of any kind of dope. Up to this point, I've not run around on my wife. Up to this point, I've not done anything illegal that far, far as anything I can remember other than maybe a game violation or two. tell you what, when I went to the altar that day I went with a big heavy stone laying there but you know what I did all I could do that's all I did all I could do and you know what he did he's been rolling the stone away he is because this morning he's fixing to do good things in here and I just want to line that up I'm prophesying he's going to do good things right here